our reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 8, verses 16 through 18. It's there right after Jesus gives the parable that I'm sure many of us are familiar with, the parable of the soils or the parable of the sower. And Jesus says, No one, when he's lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand, that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And to whoever, who, to whoever who does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. Take heed how you hear, he says. What kind of listener are you? You know, no, nobody likes a bad listener. When you're having a conversation with them, and uh, when it's your turn to talk, and they may be quiet for a moment, but they're not really listening to what you have to say. They're really just listening for you to take a breath so that they can interject and start talking about themselves again. Everybody knows someone like this, and maybe you've been this person before. I surely have. Here's a concerning thought, though. Isn't that the way that we approach studying the Bible sometimes? While there are plenty of bad listeners out there, there's also a lot of great listeners when I think of a great listener, I think of my grandma, Susan. Uh, there's these kinds of people that you just look forward to talking to because they're such great, listens to, the great, great listeners, and they're such a joy to talk to. When it's your, your turn to speak, they, they lean in and they take a forward posture, and they're, nod, they're nodding their heads as you speak. And when these people interject, it's only because they have something meaningful to say. And their focus is always on the speaker. Nobody wants to speak to a bad listener. And neither does Jesus. He says, take heed how you hear. Be careful what kind of listener you are, he says. And really, when you're a bad listener, you miss out on some of the greatest relationships in life. From a human standpoint, learning how to listen is extremely, extremely important to our development and our growth of relationships. It determines what kind of relationships you have with people. Good listeners make good friends. They make good leaders, good teachers, good counselors, good mentor, mentors, good partners. And most importantly, they make good Christians. Did you know that the command, hear the word of the Lord, is found 30 times, 35 times in the Old Testament. And the phrase, hear, O Israel, about a half a dozen times in the Old Testament. Jesus himself said on more than one occasion, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Remember when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and that old Peter tried to build the three tabernacles? You remember what God said? He said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He said, hear Him. When God speaks, when God is speaking to us through His Word, what kind of listeners are we? In a moment, we're going to talk about how the type of listener you are 
will determine a whole lot about your spiritual growth. It'll say a lot about your current spiritual position, and it'll change the trajectory of your spiritual growth. It's not enough just to fill a pew on Sunday mornings. It's not enough even just to read God's Word. When God is speaking, we need to make sure that we take heed how we listen and what we do with the words that we're listening to. At this time, we'll have a prayer and a song. So again, I ask, when God is speaking through His Word, what kind of listener are you? Remember the parable of the sower that I mentioned earlier in Luke chapter 8 and the verses just before what we read this morning? Jesus tells a parable about different types of soil. To paraphrase what Jesus says, He says there's four types of soil. There's the wayside soil, there's the stony ground, there's the thorny ground, and there's the good ground. And in verses 12 through 15, Jesus explains Himself. He actually explains what He means in this parable. Listen to this. He says, Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones who fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Here's the point. The entire parable is describing all the different types of listeners. Some people are superficial listeners, like the wayside soil. Some people hear emotionally, like the stony ground. Some hear temporarily, like the thorny ground. And some hear patiently, like the good soil. So Jesus says all this, and then He says, be careful how you hear. He says, take heed how you listen. In other words, don't hear superficially, don't hear emotionally or temporarily, hear patiently, hear with a noble and good heart. And remember this, the kind of listener you are will tell a great deal about your spiritual condition, and it will determine, as I said, the trajectory of your spiritual growth. What I'm going to attempt to show this morning is that there are several ways that we need to learn to listen as Christians. And first of all, I think we need to learn to listen evangelistically. Let's look back at verse 16. Jesus says, No one, when he's lit a lamp, covers it up with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who may enter may see the light. Looking at this in a more modern setting. Well, there's a reason that street lamps are put up on a pole. There's a reason that light bulbs are in the ceiling, and it's not just because men like to climb ladders. Everyone knows that if you want to spread light, if you want to fill a room or fill a space with light, 
everyone knows that you hoist that light up nice and high so that it disperses as far and wide as possible. You don't put it on the ground, and you definitely don't put something over top of it. Jesus says, when you light a lamp, you're not going to put something over it. You're not going to put it under your bed. So right after he talks about how to listen to the Word of God, he goes right into what you do with it. A good listener hears evangelistically. Friends, don't hide the lamp. Don't learn all these wonderful and amazing and magnificent truths about the gospel just to shut them up inside of you. You know what I think? I think we need to be more like Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 20, starting in verse 7, after all the persecution that Jeremiah went through to preach the Word of God, he paints a beautiful picture of the kind of evangelists that we should be striving to become, each and every one of us. He says, O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted violence and plunder because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more of his name, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Friends, after learning the magnificent and awesome truths from God's holy word, if we try to hold them back from the world, if we shut them up, inside of us. I hope we feel like Jeremiah. I hope, like Jeremiah, that when we even think about hiding our lamp within ourselves, I hope that fire is too overwhelming. I hope there's smoke coming out of our ears. I hope that our tongues are white hot behind our teeth and our insides are just melting with the burning fire inside of us. Nobody who lights a lamp hides it under a bed. If you do that, there's one of two things that are, that are going to happen. Either the flame that you've hidden is too small, and there's not enough oxygen under that bed, and it's going to choke out, or, or the flame is too great and mighty, like within Jeremiah, that it sets the bed on fire, and then it sets the walls on fire, and it burns the house down. Either one of those two things are going to happen. You can't hide your lamp under a bed. It just doesn't work. There's more than one way to carry a lamp. There's more than one way to evangelize and shine your light. One way is to become a speaker, to get up and stand behind the pulpit, to proclaim the Word of God in a worship setting. Now, it's true. It's true that not everybody can do that. Ladies, the Word of God teaches that you can't teach in the same way that a man can. Fellas, not every one of you has the ability to stand up and speak before a crowd. Maybe that's just not your thing. But guess what? That's okay. Because there's another way that's even more effective. And every single one of you can do it. You know what that is? You can carry your lamp by the life that you live every day. By the example that you set forth for others, especially, 
especially when we're going through trials. It's real easy to live a Christian life when everything's going great in your life. There's nothing wrong. Nothing's going on. It's real easy to keep your head up when you've been blessed beyond measure like so many of us are currently. But the part that really matters is the life you live when it feels like your whole world is burning to the ground around you. And guess what? Those are the moments that everyone is watching. To be quite frank with you, the world just doesn't care. They, they couldn't care less about how you're living when everything's right in your life. But the very moment that you fall into trials, the very moment that things start going wrong, you better believe they're going to have your eyes. They're going to have their eyes on you. They're going to be watching. They want to see, how are you going to handle it? How are you going to live when your world is burning to the ground around you? Are you going to stay faithful and grow spiritually? James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When the hard times come, and that's a when, by the way, not an if, when the hard times come, will you approach trials with a James 1, 2 through 4 mindset? Are you going to approach trials with joy in your hearts, excited to show God's righteousness and how God can work through trials to bring Himself glory? Is that how you're going to act? Or are you going to crumble? Listen, I know this just as well as anyone. When you are struggling spiritually, the very last thing you want anyone to know is that you're a Christian. When you're, you're struggling spiritually, your natural inclination will be to hide that fact. But a Christian who's listening evangelically wants everyone to know. So number one, number one, the first way to listen properly is to listen evangelistically. Keep your ear out. Let your light shine. Let it shine through the life that you live and the way, especially the way that you approach the trials that will come because they will and people will be watching. People do notice. People do notice. Number two, a good listener listens authentically. Authentically. Look at it this way. The light that you are shining to the world around you, around you, that light needs to be the same light that's shining back into your own heart, that's shining back inward. That light that shines out is the same light that shines in. Look at verse 17 of our chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, verse 17. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be made known and come to light. It's so important that we listen authentically. Because if you aren't speaking, or if you're not soaking up the same light that you're shining on the world, sooner or later people are going to find out. It's going to be revealed. I'm a huge advocate for the saying, you are what you eat. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be deceived. 
evil company corrupts good habits. You are what you eat. You become what you consume. You adapt to your surroundings. That's an unavoidable fact that will happen. It will happen. You, the things that you surround yourself, the people you surround yourself, the media you surround yourself, the books that you read, these things will change you from the inside out. And Jesus says, you can't hide it. You can't hide it. It will come out. You can't hide it forever. It's going to come out one way or another. And we must be listening authentically when we listen to the Word of God. Now, if we surround ourselves with righteousness and we're listening authentically, we surround ourselves with good Christian influences and we really just dive into the Word of God and listen authentically, the Word of God is going to change us. By the way, that's how you get like Jeremiah, like we talked about earlier. That's how you get to the point where it's physically painful to hold back teaching the Word of God. And it's just like Jeremiah describes this, this overwhelming force that's building up inside of him. And he, he said, I tried to hold it back, but I couldn't. I couldn't hold it back. And it just came out. That's how you get like Jeremiah. Jesus says, you can't hide it. And that goes both ways. If you're surrounded by negative influences, if you surround yourself with negative media, you surround yourself with worldliness and negativity, that's going to shine through. That will come out. People will notice. It works both ways. You surround yourself with righteousness. You dive into the Word of God. You let your surrounding be that of righteousness and Christian people. That's going to shine through. And you're not going to be able to hide that either. You're going to be like Jeremiah. And it's just going to be this force that grows up within you. And even if you even think about hiding it, it's going to come out. People are going to notice. You're going to be different. The Bible calls us a peculiar people for a reason. We're different. We look different. That's how you get like Jeremiah. When you listen authentically and you let the Word of God take root within you, then these roots take hold and they're going to start to grow and they're going to sprout and righteousness is going to start to show through in the way that you live. If our hearts are trained the way that they should be, and it does, it does take training. You have to train your heart. If our hearts are trained in the way that they should be, it will be made manifest in our Christian conduct. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 26, Therefore, do not fear them, talking about false teachers. He says, don't fear them, don't be afraid of them, for there's nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. In the end, you can't hide it. And if you aren't listening authentically, if you're not letting that same light that you're shining on the world shine back in on you, it shows just as well. It's going to show. Now, the greatest part about being a Christian is that you can change. You can change today and start listening authentically. And in time, you'll begin to show 
more naturally the righteousness that you should be showing as a Christian. But you have to start somewhere. You have to start by listening authentically, diving into the Word of God and letting it influence you in the place of these other things, in the place of media, in the place of negativity, this negativity that we surround ourselves with every day. Social media, especially right now, oh man, it's just a vat of toxic negativity. And we surround ourselves with that every day, and it changes us. Don't, don't be fooled. It changes you. And it shows, and people notice. Choose instead to listen authentically to the Word of God. Don't be a hypocrite. Listen to the same words that you're preaching to, to others. Don't be a hypocrite. Now, keep, in the, keep this in mind, because I think the word hypocrite is used kind of wrong a lot today. A hypocrite isn't somebody that makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. Think of a hypocrite like an actor in a play that's pretending to be something or someone that they really never intended to be. That's what a hypocrite is. And that's what we need to avoid. And that's what we do avoid when we listen authentically to the Word of God. Let it change us. So number one, we have to listen evangelistically. Listen for opportunity. Let that, sh that light shine outward. Then number two, we need to let that same light that we're shining outward shine inwards and shape us into the people that we need to be. Finally, perhaps most importantly, number three, we need to listen fruitfully. Luke 8, verse 18. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. That verse 18 can be maybe a little bit difficult to understand if it's taken by itself, out of context. Whoever has, to him more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away. We realize that this is talking about spiritual knowledge. We realize that this is talking about listening. The spiritual knowledge, the knowledge that you have, if you're not doing something with it, if you're not seeking that knowledge, if you're not listening in the right ways, then that knowledge isn't any good to you. You're not going to grow in knowledge, that's for sure. And whatever little knowledge that you seem to have is going to be taken away from you. In Matthew 7, 16 through 20, Jesus says it like this. He says, You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad, fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. That's the way that we should be examining ourselves 
and the people around us. That's the way that Christians make righteous judgments about other people. We're not making judgment in the sense that we're taking the role of God and deciding who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. That's not what making a righteous judgment about somebody is. Jesus describes it here. You make judgments about people. You make judgments about yourself by the fruits that they bear. What does that mean? Well, it's the things that you do. The things that, because of an inward manifestation, because of an inward change, the things that you do because of what's inside. That's your fruits, the fruits that you bear. And that's what we need to be observing in ourselves. It's what we need to be observing in other people. Look at your life. Are you listening fruitfully? And what I mean by that is, are you doing something with the Word of God? Are you taking action in your faith? We can't forget about the words of James in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. He says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? A lot of people will say yes, won't they? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does that profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, Well, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not faith only. Faith without works is dead. We need to be listening fruitfully. That means we need to be listening to the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, and then doing something with it. Or Jesus says, whatever little knowledge that we seem to have, it's going to vanish away. It's going to be taken away from us. That's a scary thought to me. If you're not using the knowledge that you have, you're going to lose it. Use it or you're going to lose it. That's what Jesus says. You have to be doing something with your faith. You have to be listening fruitfully. Remember the parable of talents? There's the guy that gets the one talent and the guy that gets the two talents, the guy that gets the five talents, and the other two, they multiply their talents, but the guy with the one talent, he, he's too afraid of losing it, so he goes and buries it. And of course, in the end, we realize that that's not good enough. 
we have to multiply our talents. And that's all that's expected of us. Well, some people like to say that they're the, they're the one-talent guy. Some people like to think that they're the one-talent guy. And well, they don't have very much ability, so I'm going to sit back and I won't do much, but that's all that I'm capable of. And you know, maybe you are the one-talent guy. Maybe you are, but you still have to, you're still responsible for being fruitful and for multiplying your talents. Maybe you are the one-talent guy, but sometimes I think we say that we're the one-talent guy when we're really the five-talent guy. I think that we convince ourselves that we have a lot less ability than we really do. I think sometimes we, we talk ourselves into being the one-talent guy, and then we bury four talents that we could be multiplying. I think sometimes that's the way that we are. Whatever you have, you need to be fruitful with it. You have to multiply with it. You need to be listening fruitfully. What are you doing with the Word of God? Can people see in your life that you're an evangelistic listener? Can people see that you're listening in on every opportunity to spread the Word? Can people see that you listen to the Word and you learn it and you are like Jeremiah and it's just built up inside of you and it's got to come out and you have to tell somebody about it or you're going to burn the house down. Can people see in your life that, that you're listening authentically? Can people see that you're not a hypocrite and that you follow what you say? You're not like the Pharisees that Jesus says, do what they say, but don't do what they do because they're hypocrites. Do people see that you're listening authentically and that you're changed by the same light that you want to change others with? Do people see that you're listening fruitfully and that you're not just complacent with the things that you learn, that you learn truths about God's will and you apply them to your life instead of just shuffling them into the, the file cabinets, you know, putting them on your library and putting them on the shelf and you never take that book out again. Are you using that knowledge in your daily life? Are you listening fruitfully? Or are you convincing yourself that you're the one-talent guy when really you're the five? And you have so, so much more ability that you're just hiding. You're hiding it away. What are you doing with the Word of God?